Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, January 18th, five minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So J.P. Morgan CEO, Jamie Dimon, he had a few things to say. He said he didn't like how Donald Trump said things, but he was right about everything. And then he told Democrats to grow up. He said Donald Trump wasn't wrong on critical issues, and that's why people are voting for him. So this has always been the issue with Trump, and it's great when guys who are, you know, accomplished, important parts of American fabric, or in this case, the financial system, like Jamie Dimon, say these things. And it is what we say on the show all the time. It doesn't matter how ridiculous we or you, you hearing us, might think it is. The reality is that there are many, many people who have voted or did vote against their own best personal interest because of how they feel about someone. And you can bitch about it, and you can moan about it, and you can scream about it, you can say how stupid you think those people are, and you are right! <laughs> but the reality is their vote counts the exact same as yours. And so with Donald Trump, the onus on him, and we have said this many, 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 many times on the show, is you want to be president of the United States again. The onus is on you to coalition build and to present yourself in a fashion that can coalition build and get the votes necessary to get across the finish line. That means you have to check part of who you are at the door. That's what you sign up for when you become the candidate because you have to get the people to vote for you, mm-hmm. it's not Trump's policies. It's who Trump is as a human being. I don't agree with that. I think that's the most stupid thing ever, but it is the way many people vote. They vote based on how they feel. Well, the reason that it's so remarkable about what Jamie Dimon said was because for years, Barack Obama and Jamie Dimon were inseparable. Uh, he supported Obama, he frequently heaped praise upon him, and now he's turning around and saying, no, 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 Trump was right. He was right about NATO, he was right about immigration, he was right about China, tax reforms, and he also grew the economy quite well. Here is Jamie Dimon. People are growing, they're hungry to grow, they're innovating, it's, it's everywhere, it's not just Silicon Valley. So we've got this great hand, but when people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting and they're basically scapegoating them that you are like him. Uh, and but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. Now, if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He was kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. China, Trade, China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Yeah. He was right about some of China. I don't th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about I Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. And, and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should, have, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. And it's, I, I agree. It's done quite and, you know, the it. Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, not- hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really? Like, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? Jamie, and, and I do think the economy will affect. And I think this this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign. 
So 71% of Americans think the economy is not doing well, and 13% say they were better off financially. Uh, 13% say they're not better off financially under Biden. And Jamie Dimon is echoing that feeling right there. Um, Sometimes with very wealthy, eccentric people, their, their lust to be themselves trumps no pun intended their lust to succeed and what there's a great example of this playing out right now in professional sports and that is with the Dallas Cowboys so Jerry Jones is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys and early on in Jerry Jones tenure owning the Dallas Cowboys he turned the team over to Jimmy Johnson who was previously the national championship coach of the Miami Hurricanes and Jimmy Johnson was a big personality, and Jimmy Johnson was a colorful character and an outspoken guy, and he grabbed all the headlines in Dallas. How about them Cowboys? And what happened? They won back-to-back Super Bowls. But Jimmy Johnson could not deal with Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones was livid that Jimmy Johnson became the face of the Dallas Cowboys. And Jerry Johnson said, I am the owner of this mm-hmm. team, and I desire to be the face of the Cowboys, and I desire to be in the media, and I desire to be front and center. His ego got the better of him. They brought in Barry Switzer. Mm-hmm. Barry Switzer was a high-profile coach, national championship coach from Oklahoma. And Barry Switzer, they went to the NFC Championship game the first year. They won the Super Bowl the second year. And then by the third year, even Barry Switzer was like, same thing. I am. I cannot deal with this guy. He, Jerry Jones, too much desires to be front and center in the face of the Dallas Cowboys. And so what Jerry Jones did going forward, with the exception of Bill Parcells, who Bill Parcells also burned out for the same reasons, was he kept hiring guys who would be subservient to Jerry Jones. When he recognized, hey, dude, you're infinitely wealthy and you own the Dallas Cowboys and people want to be on the Dallas Cowboys. Just hire a really good coach and get out of the way and you will probably win every single year. He couldn't do that. And we are seeing it, we've seen it play out time and time and time again. And it just played out again where Mike McCarthy is the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, who once again lost early in the postseason. Mark, Mike McCarthy is not a very good coach. It's why he was run out as being coach of the Green Bay Packers. And yet, when Jerry Jones had the opportunity to get rid of Mike McCarthy, and he could have probably bought in Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh or somebody else. He has chosen to once again stay with Mike McCarthy. Why? Because Mike McCarthy is a yes man to Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones needs to be front and center. He needs to be the focal point. He needs to be the go-to guy rather than, in his own interest, just get out of the way and let somebody else do the talking. Donald Trump's the same way. If Donald Trump were to pull a Joe Biden and largely disappear for the next year— And I'm, I'm saying you, know, you have basic campaign rallies and you run basic nuts and bolts campaigning and you just simply talk about here's what I want to do for the country and everything else, you just disappear. He would become the president of the United States in all likelihood. But we all know, just like with Jerry Jones, even though it's in his best interest, Donald Trump will not be able to just let the thing move forward like a, like a, you know, a, a ship with a breeze behind it. Mm-hmm. He's got to be captaining that ship, and he's got to be making decisions, turn left, turn right, when reality, the ship will just get where it's going on its own. Do- the onus is 100% on Donald Trump. This is the most winnable presidential election of all time if Donald Trump will just be normal. Well, I don't think trouble, Donald Trump has that ability at this point because of all of these court cases against him. But he's a victim. This is the great thing about the court cases for Trump is he is seen, mm-hmm. right or wrong, right in most of them, 
by the American public, polling shows this, and it's very hard to make Donald Trump a sympathetic figure, but he is seen as the victim. If he would just let his attorneys do the talking mm -hmm. for him, if he would just let the process do the talking for him, if he would just stay out of the way, <laughs> people would, it doesn't matter. People already said it doesn't matter. Convicted, unconvicted, liable, not liable, whatever. People are, view this as election interference if you will just shut up. He hired a new spokesperson yesterday. Um, I can't remember her name at this point, but it's it's the person who will become the new Karine Jean-Pierre right. if he wins the presidency. So maybe if she's a strong personality, he will let someone do else do Do you the believe talking. that, though, Casey? Do you believe Donald Trump can behave like a normal, rational, traditional... <laughs> <laughs> what we've seen from the presidency. No, because he's not a normal, rational, right. traditional person. But that is what, that's why people are enamored with him. But the, I but, mean, we talked earlier about how boring and stiff Ron DeSantis is. Yes. And Donald Trump is the opposite of that. But here's the difference, Casey. People voted for Biden, those that did. And let's face it, there were not 81 million people who voted for Biden. But there were millions of people who voted for Biden. And many of them, and we know some of them, voted for Biden now, because they dislike Trump's policies, but they clamored for some sort of return to normalcy of what the presidency has always been and how the president kind of carried himself and what he brought mm -hmm. to the table. Mm -hmm. And Trump's biggest detriment was Donald Trump, not Donald Trump's policies, which often are what sink presidencies, but Donald Trump, the person. And there is a difference, and we've talked about this many times. Donald Trump, the entertainer, I got it, right? Mm -hmm. I understood. Apprentice guy. Hey, you fired. Mm -hmm. You're you're horrible. You're awful. I get all that. Because his job, just like our job, is to get people to listen. And, hey, the enraged listener counts the same as the you're the greatest radio show in the world listener. They all count to our bonus the same way. They all count to our the corporation that owns us, their bottom line, the same way. They're all invested. Our job is to get people to tune in. I, as I told somebody the other day. I'm no longer in the advocacy business. I'm in the entertainment business. The presidency mm -hmm. is about the most amount of people to vote for you business. You are not an entertainer at this point. Everybody knows who you are. Do not give them any reason to remind those people of why they hated you the first time. Let the condition of the country yeah, and be the best campaign tool that you have. And it is speaking for itself. And I yes. think more and more people are realizing that policy matters. So, Jamie Dimon, he was talking, he was in Davos when he made those comments. And you know who else was there? It was the president of Argentina, Javier Milieu. And he pretty much told the entire group that they were destroying the West and they need to knock it off. Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is in danger because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. So he went on to say that socialism is a phenomenon that creates poverty and free enterprise and capitalism is the only tool that will end hunger and poverty. And if anybody knows, it's that guy because his country is experiencing inflation or was experiencing inflation at 211 percent.
much greater than what we're seeing here. He's the guy. But could you imagine if anybody campaigned the way he did, walking around with a chainsaw, <laughs> saying how, you know, he's going <laughs> to slash government. But you have to keep in mind, he's talking to Klaus Schwab, the president or the leader of the World Economic Forum, who's saying that China is the role model for other nations. Why is anybody anywhere listening to that guy? Real quick, I want to come back to, because uh, we we are on the YouTube. You can watch us if you enjoy listening to us. Casey is even more beautiful than she sounds, and you can see her on the YouTube. You can just cover up half the screen if you don't want to look at me. It's fine. <laughs> it won't bother me at all. And uh, we, I do from time to time enjoy monitoring or looking at the comments in our YouTube chat. And somebody put in there that Trump loves the hate. And I know it's like hypocritical. You can understand that. Well, I do. And uh, people are saying, well, it's so hypocritical of you to be critical of him. And so I know we have new listeners all the time. So let me explain this again, as I've said. When I was an elected person, I understood that I represented not just myself and what was humorous and funny for me, but I was representing all the people who had voted for me and even the people who didn't vote for me and the town of whatever it was at the time, 25,000 people that I represented. So while there were things that were funny to me, the ultimate goal was to make the lives better of the people that I was entrusted to represent. And so part of that means you have to check part of you at the door. If you don't want to do that, that's why I'm not in it anymore. Because I don't want to have to care or think about or worry about what anybody else thinks about me. I don't want to be a coalition builder anymore. I want to come in here and say exactly what I think about people every single day. It's why I got the hell out of there and I haven't gone back despite being begged to go back to public office whatever many, many times. And I don't ever see it happening. It doesn't mean it won't, but I don't see it. Because I like this. I like going home and being happy and not stressed out. I like at noon each day that I can go home and run daddy daycare service and I have to think about this thing until 7 a.m. when I walk in in the morning. He doesn't want that, he being Trump, though. He wants to be the president. And it doesn't matter whether you like the hate. You are a voice of the, uh, you are trying to be a voice of the entire country. And to be that voice of the entire country, you have to get elected, which means you have to worry about more than what you care about and what drives you and what makes you chuckle and makes you happy. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Twenty-three minutes after eleven, with Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Good morning. Uh, may I have just a couple moments here, Casey? Yes. Something happened to me during the commercial break. It's half your show? Well, I know, and this hadn't been planned, but it happened to me during the commercial break. And I just, a little inside baseball, kind of take people here behind the scenes okay. of WIBC and, and you know, this radio, magical radio world. Mm-hmm. And then you can tell me if I'm just totally off base with this, um, because I just feel like you and me, Kev, mm-hmm. as longtime WIBC workers, we're kind of getting a raw deal Are here we? now. Okay, so, um, you know, for many, many years now, under Emmis and then Urban One, it was kind of just us mm-hmm. here on the fourth floor. We were the the warriors. We were the faithful few. I mean, I know you were not here, but I came all during COVID and was subjected to COVID testing mm-hmm. and demeaning and besmirching and uh, grilling and uh, i mean no matter what though 
I was here wearing the mask yeah. and, you know. Showing up. Remember tattle, that, tattle, And that's half of it. Super liberal tattletales. Many of them who aren't here anymore used to tell on me if I wasn't wearing my mask properly. And the seventh <laughs> floor would finger wag at me. And through all that, I mean, I was, I was here, right? Faithful warrior. And the one thing, Casey, mm-hmm. the one benefit. I mean, there's, we have coworkers who never even come to work anymore. But uh, here, boom. And right. I know you've been here. And, yep. and, and Kev has been here. Uh, not as long as I have. And you weren't subjected to the ridicule and humiliation that I was. But you guys have been here. Faithful, you know, compadres through all this. The one thing we had going for us, Casey, with nobody here, though we were here, was the bathroom Uh-oh. was empty. <laughs> you at least knew you could go into the restroom, and other than if it was Nigel, you know, barraging in on, barging in on me, mm-hmm. I kind of had the bathroom. All, I mean, occasionally there was some guy in the stall, and you just kind of chuckled to yourself and <laughs> did your thing and went mm-hmm. on your merry way. But mm-hmm. largely the bathroom was to yourself. Every time I go in now... Somebody's in there. There's not just one person. There's Uh-oh. like three people in this bathroom. Is and, there a meeting going on in the bathroom? this bathroom is not big enough. I mean, even though there are two stalls and uh, or two two urinals in a stall, it's not designed to have three people in there. Are you trying to go one or two? Number one, Cal. Oh, no. I was going to say, if you're trying to go number two, you can go down to the basement. It's oh, usually no. empty. I, I, you, yeah, we, have we had this discussion before? I don't, I will, I do not go number two in public restrooms. I will just, uh, you'll just hold it. I would kill myself. I would bust a colon or whatever would happen. No, I just, I, no. Point is, though, mm-hmm. we've got all these people who have now moved down to our floor. Yeah, there's a lot of traffic in there, huh? They weren't here during COVID. <laughs> they haven't put in eight years of service. They haven't been through. I mean, it was just practically, basically uh-huh. a near-death experience for yeah. many, many years as a part of this radio property, yeah. Emmis. And the one thing I had going for me, when I walked in, there was some dude, very nice guy, no offense to him, but we walked in together. Uh-uh. It's like, okay, that's, that's kind of weird. weird. I know, and I said, okay, I know we're going to probably have to like be right next to each other and so i thought you know i made a joke and that that well worst case one of us could use the stall and that gives a buffer zone there's some guy in the stall going (laughs) number two there's a lot of beverages being had uh why don't you go to the single stall in the hallway Uh, because you know who we've named that restroom and here's the problem with that somebody likes to have explosive experiences well, in there with somebody in this building has i don't know if they've got a bad bowel system or not they're not eating the right diet but we have named the restroom after who we think is the culprit and here's the problem casey if i go in there half the time it's already messed up yeah and then somebody might spot me coming out of there and think it's you and think it's me Blame that caused the you. damage yeah so it I, lingers so now yeah. i'm gonna have to do the base Basement is still open, mm-hmm. and the, there's the gym that nobody uses down there. Yeah, but you don't have that much time oh, in between can, commercials. Here's the thing. I, it's strategy. It's all about strategy, uh-huh. Casey. I came up with this while I was subjected to standing next to two different people while I was just simply <laughs> trying to use the bathroom. Okay, you've got a plan. I have a plan, which mm-hmm. is if I can just hold it mm-hmm. until the top of the hour, mm-hmm. because then we've got, what, basically the four minutes before the news, we got five minutes during the news, I can easily make it to that gym bathroom and back, going number one in, a, in roughly eight to nine minutes. You know, the only complaint I have about the ladies' room is that it's become very cold in there. Really? Recently. Yeah, it used to be one of the warmer rooms uh-huh. in the building, and if I was cold here in the studio, I could go in the bathroom and warm up, but for some reason that has switched, and now it's it's like an igloo in there. It's yeah. very cold They're in the bathroom right now. <laughs> well, I guess, but I don't really have to share it with anybody yeah. unless Sasha Nixon from the newsroom well, is working, no, and no, we're no. kind of on opposite shifts. You're going to get yours, Casey, because there's a whole bunch of 
women down there that are the <laughs> office workers and stuff that have that are on our floor now too. So They're you're coming. gonna get you're gonna get that as well. By the way, I love the fact that when you listen to our um, station, mm-hmm. we were chuckling the other day mm-hmm. about how it's it, in the hallway. It literally shuts off when we're done, and then Query and company from the fan yeah. start because somebody said I'm not listening to Tony Katz. Right. Our our feed, you cannot hear it. Uh, it like shuts off. It's like some vortex. You know, there's blind spots when you're flying. Yeah. You're doing an international flight where they'll say, hey, you'll touch. Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, you'll touch base with communications in 30 minutes. Good mm-hmm, luck, pilot. Mm-hmm. That is what it is there. And I'm telling you that those people have deliberately shut us off. Outside on the, the uh, Right next to the bathroom and then that office area over mm-hmm. there. So they don't have to be subjected mm-hmm. to hearing WIBC. There's no way that's because right once you get to kind of Nick's office there in the back, it picks back up again yeah. where the, the mm-hmm. WIBC people are. That It's like an international flight. It's radio silence back there. Do you want to have a sign-up sheet outside of the bathroom, or would you like for me to make an announcement on your behalf at the mandatory meeting coming up in a half an hour? Uh, w- say that again. You said so many things, and I could not keep track of all of them. Doing a sign-up sheet outside the bathroom, oh, like, this no. is Rob's time. No, I just want to be left alone, Casey, because <laughs> here's the thing. It's just like the, my thing with shop- Just like the government. You just want to be left alone. Remember my thing with the Walmart, where uh-huh. for years and years and years, me and the rich people had a deal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be poor, and that's fine. I'm not envious of you being rich. Mm-hmm. You buy the rich name br- people name brand stuff. I will buy the Walmart brand people stuff, and we're all just going to live our separate worlds. Great, fine. Not envious, not not bitter, not nothing. But what happened during COVID? The rich people, because of the inflation and you couldn't get the stuff, the rich people broke the deal and started buying the Walmart brand stuff. Now the Walmart brand stuff is twice as expensive. Now I got to deal with Costco. <laughs> and this is the same thing here. I didn't mind coming to work, Casey. I was fine coming to work. I was fine. You know, I wore the mask. I dealt with the tattletales in the mm-hmm. newsroom uh-huh. who aren't employed here anymore. I dealt with all of that. Yeah. And the one thing I asked for is I've got the bathroom to myself. And now once again, just like everything else, everything else changes. Everybody breaks the deal. Uh-huh. Everybody always screws me over. <laughs> you need to go right now, don't you? Let's get into a break so you can relieve yourself. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 1135 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So federal prosecutors filed court documents this week urging a judge not to grant Hunter Biden's request to dismiss charges against him. And in part of this, the Department of Justice further acknowledged that Hunter Biden's laptop, you know, the laptop from hell. Yeah, it's real. And it does match contents that have been backed up to the iCloud. What? You mean it was real the whole time? It was real the whole time, no which is a complete reversal from what they have said in the past. And I thought it, it might be fun to do a little flashback, okay? Oh, sure. Because, you know, the internet is forever. Absolutely. And we're going to go all the way back, years and years and years, Rob, back to, oh, 2020. Okay. And this is when Joe Biden said that there was overwhelming evidence from the intelligence community oh. that that laptop was just Russian disinformation. What about the Americans who really today only want me to ask you about Hunter Biden's laptop? How are you going to get them to see that you are fighting for them when they're... Oh, by the way, it's, it's, there's nothing to any of that. Nothing to any of that. It's all a smear. Every major outfit, every serious investigator has pointed out that this is a smear. Mm-hmm. This is classic Trump. Yeah. 
we have four days left, and all of a sudden there's a laptop. And you may, you may recall there's also talk about four months before there was a similar thing that somebody had, allegedly. There's overwhelming allegedly. evidence that from the intelligence community that the Russians are engaged. I mean, look, this is my son's an honorable man. Uh-huh. His son's an honorable man. How did he never get held to, I mean, the, it's what the media is, right? But how did he never get held to account for that? He lied. Clearly. That's, like, that's a, like, and, okay, he may not know the extent, like, your parents, if you're a grown person, may not know the extent to whatever your kid does. Mm-hmm. But you got a pretty good idea of what your kid does and the parameters they do or don't play in if you're involved as a parent at all, even with your adult kids. Like, if you were to have asked my dad, uh, is your son involved in a criminal crime syndicate? No. Does your kid uh, cheat on his taxes? No. Does your kid engage in sex for money with hookers? No. But if somebody were to ask my dad, does your kid maybe drink a little too much on the weekends from time to time? Mm-hmm. Yes, because you know your kid. You know the parameters of which your child is engaged and involved. And the idea that Joe Biden had no idea what his crack-addicted son was into, <laughs> give me a break. Mm-hmm. And then he stood there and said, it's Russian disinformation. <laughs> sure it is. But not only the Biden administration, but how about the New York Times, the Washington Post, MSNBC, CNN, Twitter, and Facebook? They they all carried the yes. water for that same exact lie. It's- and now yesterday, the DOJ confirming, finally, oh yeah, that's real. Think about that. So the actual election interference that took place mm-hmm. was the the shadow government, whatever you want to call cabal, you know, whatever, state, whatever, 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 you want to, yeah. Yeah, whatever you want to call them, working with social media private companies mm-hmm. to stymie, or in some cases, completely block information that you were entitled to have access to so that you couldn't form the proper opinion on the family of one of the two major major party candidates for president. Yep. Crazy. Okay, so we've got Abdul who's going to join us next. Indiana Capital Chronicles put out an article about uh, how much people are spending to become your governor, and we're going to get into that coming outsider, up. Outsider, Casey! They're outsiders! It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Rock and roll sky. Rock and roll sky. That's what they call you. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here and... Well, we do this every Thursday. I can't think of a better way to wrap up this program. He's an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. And he is the owner and operator of IndiePolitics.org, the one and only Abdul Akeem Shabazz. Hello. Good morning, my friends, or good afternoon. Uh, it's still morning. Still morning. It's still morning. I realize time is irrelevant to you, but somebody <laughs> will be critical of us if we don't get it right. All right. So let's talk about this article that came out in Indiana Capital Chronicle. We did a deep dive on it on State House Happenings. It'll run Sunday morning. The money is in for those running for governor on the Republican side. And Abdul, these very rich and very connected people have raised a, well, a staggering amount of money. Uh, Yes, a collective amount of $18 million, Hmm. which is unheard of uh, in the state of Indiana. But that's also what happens when you basically got three millionaires uh, running for a public office. Uh, 
Mike Braun, Brad Chambers, uh, Eric Doden. Uh, Suzanne Crouch is a prolific fundraiser uh, in her own in her own light, and Curtis Hill. Although he can't raise as much money, has a has a vast network across the state of Indiana. All right, so let's talk about some of these numbers, which are wild and wacky. Brad Chambers raised eight point three million dollars. Now five million of that came from himself, uh, but that still means he raised three point three million from other very wealthy people, which makes him the winner. Even if you take out the five million he gave himself, now the polling you have you have reported in your cheat sheet some polling that's supposedly out there. Chambers is kind of middle back of the pack he's lumped in with everybody else after braun it doesn't seem like the five million has gotten him a whole lot so far what say you well uh first of all uh the five million uh is basically i i, I joke and say the five million is sort of seed money oh to, to, to get started here uh and number two you use that money to, to get organizations to, to build your name idea because brad chambers just like eric doden doesn't have a whole lot of statewide Name ID. They were they were heads of the IEDC. Uh, one under Eric Holcomb, one under under the other one under Mike Pence. He's an outsider. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just like I am. Yay. Um, yeah. So 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 you guys so you got that going on. Also, number two, that that five million shows that he came to play, and he could go to donors and say, "Look, I put down five million dollars of my own money. I'd love for you to help me out with the other three point eight million. Is that what that's about? To go to other rich people and go see? I mean, you see this in business sometimes where people will go to these capital firms or whatever and go hey we need 50 million for a project and we put 10 million of our own money into this is that the sort of thing he's doing here in a a nutshell yeah all right uh yes casey so i'm wondering chambers is the only one with that five million that has debt does that mean anything um well five million is is, it's sort of what you loan to yourself yeah and that way, you can write the loan off under taxes. Okay. Oh, <laughs> there we go. That happens all the time. Oh, <laughs> I see. Um, yeah. So the other numbers here: uh, Braun doing very, very well. Uh, obviously, uh, two point one million dollars. Suzanne Crouch, one point three million, and then you got Doden at three hundred ninety-eight thousand, and Curtis Hill at three hundred seventy-four thousand. If you take all the pieces of the puzzle right now, which is you've reported this, Adam Wren from Importantville has reported, the, uh, reported this. There's multiple polls that show Braun with a sizable lead. You say, hey, it could be, it's probably low 30s is where he's at. Everybody else in the teens or below. So he's got a sizable lead. He's uh, a sitting U.S. senator. He's on television. He's raised the second most money other than uh, Chambers. And then he's also got the most cash on hand. Everything is setting up to say, Unless Mike Braun does something stupid, it's probably his to win. I would say right now Mike Braun's the front runner. I never, I never say uh, two words. Never use in politics. I never, I never use the words never and always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because something can always happen that changes the whole dynamics of, of everything. And number two, we still don't know who's going to be on the ballot yet. I mean, everybody's got their signatures except uh, Curtis. Just the question was Curtis Hill will have his signatures, but, but once we get once we get the ballot sort of uh, in place. Then we can have a, a much more informed, much more intelligent discussion on the governor's race because we don't know we don't we don't know for sure what the final lineup is going to look like yet. Is Curtis going to make it? Maybe. <laughs> it's very attorney of you. You told me on Statehouse Happenings he's hired some sort of outside firm yes, to do this um, for me yes, er, for him. I was told, I was told Curtis hired an outside firm. They're not from Indiana and they kind of work across the Midwest and the Northeast. So I guess like when they leave Iowa and on their way through Illinois, they stop in Indiana, gather signatures, go to New Jersey, and they come back together. More signatures, and and then they go back to Illinois, Iowa. It sounds like a very dangerous way to decide whether you get to run for a public office or not. Hey, these guys will be in on a Tuesday and Wednesday. I hope they mm-hmm. do well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's why he said maybe. So uh, one of the most expensive races, competitive races in history. Why do you think that is? Why so expensive? Uh, number one, you got an open seat, mm-hmm. which uh, 
happens in Indiana on, on occasion. We had you had the Mike Pence open seat uh, when Mike Pence uh, ran for governor, Eric ran for re-election. But even then, but this is a, this is the first open seat since Governor Mitch Daniels, because Mitch Daniels served as sort of two terms. Then had uh, Lieutenant Governor Becky Skilman was going to run, but Mike Pence ended up running because Becky had some health related issues. There were some other things kind of going on there. But now you have a have a completely open seat. Not only have an open governor's race, you have an open U.S. Senate seat uh, as well because Mike Brown is not running for mm-hmm. governor. So it is. I won't say it's a wild, wild west, but it's more like the wild west. Uh, the Capitol Chronicle had a very detailed uh, breakdown on all of this. They basically did this whole segment for us, so we thank them uh, for that, much like the Jim Merritt <laughs> segment earlier in the in the show. Uh, McCormick not raising a lot of money. She's got $201,000 cash on hand. She raised $150,000. You have the pulse of the state house. You have the pulse of kind of government in Indiana are the Republicans taking her serious? Are they like, oh my gosh, if whoever gets through this is going to have a real dogfight on their hands with Jennifer McCormick? Or is it like wild and wacky lunatic ex-superintendent lady? Uh, I, w- I, w- I would not be worried about Jennifer McCormick yet uh, because Republicans have to get to their own primary stuff, own primary challenges first. I, to, I, <clears throat> I, come, from school, I come from a school of political thought that says you take every challenger seriously, yeah. regardless, because uh, as Bart Peterson found out back in 2007, anything can happen. And it did, and they didn't take Greg Ballard seriously until the very until the very end, and then it was too late. And then Greg Ballard, you know, I Greg Ballard just told me swear to uphold the Constitution, right? So you all you always take your opponent seriously. I think right now, Jennifer McCormick, she's the only Democrat on the on the uh, on the on the Republican on the on the Democrat side of things uh, for the primary. So she doesn't she doesn't necessarily need to race hold them and just go make the rounds and hey, because she's probably going to win, yeah, regardless. Now. Once you get the general election, that's a whole different ball of wax. Uh, Abdul is here. Uh, one other area that they did report on, they did a great detail of the f- the financial for all these statewide candidates. Uh, our friend Micah Beckwith mm-hmm. raised $66,000. Now, he did spend 49000 But I'll tell you what, that is a lot of money for an office that previously was just pick whoever you want if you're the governor's candidate and nobody opposes are your friends in the establishment, are they taking him seriously? Yes. <clears throat> and they're taking him seriously in the fact that they are also out recruiting convention delegates. Yeah. To, and so to, is he. This is going to be wild, isn't it? Oh, yeah. A- exactly. Uh, so, yeah. No, it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, how it all breaks down. Uh, every every Friday, I, I post on IndyPolitics.org who's filed. Yeah. I go to the state election board about 4.43 in the afternoon. They have the whole filings for the week, so... It'll be it'll be interesting to see how much the list has grown since last Friday. Is Micah the first one who's done fundraising? <laughs> Say it again. Is Micah Beckwith the first uh, person running for lieutenant governor that has done actual fundraising? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, but then again, also in the past, you didn't have a contested lieutenant governor's mm-hmm. candidate either. So, so from that perspective, it is yes. But uh, once again, it's, it's also it's also going to be a contested race. You have a theory, and I saw this in the, I think it was in the cheat sheet that. All of these candidates for governor, unless they want Micah as their nominee, which probably don't because they you want, you know, simpatico with whoever your pick is going to be, not an adversary, you want an advocate, that they're all going to have to tell whoever their chosen person is, like in February, once they're on the ballot, hey, Fred, you got to go start working this because if not, you're going to get left behind and he's going to walk in there with more delegates than than I, necessary. I, I would not be surprised if the the candidates for governor are doing their interviews, kind of checking out the lay of the land yeah. to see who can be the lieutenant governor. Uh, I know uh, Mike Brown's been looking at Jennifer Ruth Green for a while. Uh, Chris Jensen's name was mentioned as a possible candidate for lieutenant governor for Suzanne Crouch. Uh, Chris and I spoke. That's not going to happen. 
Um, I know uh, Greg Pence has been possibly mentioned. I know Greg wants to spend time with his grandkids. So I know I know they're looking uh, for possible. Let me uh, go ahead and like Chris Christie did as uh, was it Christie that did that as Donald Trump's running mate? Let me go ahead and rule myself out. I'm not interested in being lieutenant governor, so <laughs> no one ask me. Just like Chris Christie with Donald Trump's. Last you position. you wouldn't go up against Mike anyway. Uh, no, I uh, I'm very retired. Uh, okay, before we go. We were chuckling at Sato's happenings because Rokita reported raising a mil. He has a million dollars plus bank, cash yeah. on hand, and we were laughing that that million dollars is going to do him as much good as it does me if he doesn't have a law license, because then that means he can't be attorney general anymore. Exactly, and there's a very good chance uh, that Todd Rokita will not become attorney general. Oh no, no, even if he will lose his law license, or it'll be it'll be it'll be uh, he'll be suspended without automatic reinstatement. That's the key, right? Cuz if he gets key. suspended with the reinstatement, then he can, he, can take still, thir- yeah. he gets a basically a 30-day vacation right. like Curtis Hill did. Now now if it's more than 30 days, if it's like 180 days, then that gets into another weird territory, but if if he's suspended without automatic reinstatement, he cannot practice law until uh Now I I like you because you're a spiteful person kind of like I am uh, on a lot of things. So I'm going to ask you, do you think it's he's going to be suspended without reinstatement because you're yes. spiteful or do you think are you doing that because that's what you actually think? Both. Like like pretend it was someone you liked, I, you know. Pretend it was uh oh, I don't know, one of these rich people at the Columbia Club. Uh d- d- are you saying this because you don't like him or are you saying it because this is actually what I think is going to happen? Both. Okay, very good. <laughs> Very clear. (laughs) Abdul, you're the best. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, Abdul. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. You've been listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Tony Katz is up next.